nerd soul. So guys, so I'm Evan. I'm Evan Forster. Um, there's Chris. Uh, hi, Chris. Chris on low. Hello. I'm Evan, um, uh, music producer and film producer and a technologist. We have a new technology launching called Superfans um, that's launching this year. Um, Victoria, Davian, uh, JC, all part of this new company that we're, that we're launching. Um, my brothers and I were the first to put music in video games. Uh, this is back in the 90s. Not the, not the Mario Brothers, do, 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 do kind of music, but sure. real songs. Um, and kind of championed and pioneered the new model. Um, of uh, music supervising video games. This was before Steve Schnur, before all the guys. And so we did all the, all the Sony, EA, EA Sports, Activision, Konami, THQ, all the, all the biggest and brightest games. So we kind of got caught by the bug early and then took that methodology and went to all the labels and started doing, um, like we bring it to Def Jam for NBA Live, et cetera, et cetera, where it, where it worked best. Uh, went to a lot of the European artists and the technology guy. I mean, the techno guys for Need for Speed or or for um, FIFA. Um, but uh, David and I started working together when he was 18 years old. He was one of my street team guys. Um, JC, wow. and JC and myself were one of the um, founding groups of uh, street teams. So we were the first implementation of street teams into the, into the music business. Um, this, is back, this is back early 90s. Um, I started in the late, late 80s. And so we worked, we worked for numerous labels. I headed up three record companies um divisions uh and jc also um was a vice president i think of the face and they're still for some time doing doing marketing and a and r um and radio promotion so that's our background um victoria is one i manage artists so i managed um lauren hill for a while i also um, discovered a girl named andre day um who became a big star won the golden globe last year for billy holiday and this year we produced a couple of movies, the new Blacklight movie, which is the new Liam Neeson movie that's out right now, hmm. and a movie called um, uh, Lord of the Streets with, um, with uh, the GOAT, Anderson Silva, Rampage Jackson, a bunch of fighters, Sonny Black, um, and Tretch from Naughty by Nature. So we kind of diversify a little bit. We also own a podcast, BJC and Victoria, called The Hoodlum Official Show. It's called We Got Issues, and JC and I came up with it because we like to talk a lot of shit. And we also like to talk to the industry people about how they came up and broke through. And it could be, it could be guys that started speed labels that used to be involved in a lot of, uh, you know, unsavory stuff that kind of transitioned their life and bettered their life and became moguls in the business. And um, so we've had everybody from gangsters on the show all the way to luminaries that were the presidents and chairmen of Sony on call. So it's been pretty cool thus far. We've done about 25 episodes We've had John Sally on the show. We've had Olympians on the show, the Barber Twins, and talking about straight off the cuff stuff, but kind of a little left to center. Um, and uh, JC and myself are going to be, and Victoria are going to be at the panel in, um, in uh, San Diego next week. And uh, of course, Davian, who's, uh, like I said, we've been working together for years um, uh, when he was at Brazzaville School of Business, you know, Pepperdine. Um, just a brilliant young man. I love him very much. And he said he needed some help doing some stuff that we're doing. And I've run a bunch of the, these kind of panels before and moderated them from the UGCX and Silicon Valley to the majority of the music panels over the last 30 years. Um, so we're like, whatever you guys need us for, especially because you guys a lot, I'm sure have a lot of different podcasts yourself. Um, 
I just did TV today for the Latin market because I have a Latin artist that's breaking um, named Emiliano or JME. Victoria is Queen Vic. She's making her album right now, pop star. And uh, we have a bunch of artists that we're, we're involved with. So we're a film, music, and production company. And we're launching this technology platform called Superfans, which gamifies the process of discovering talent through daily dares and prompts and moves you through a maze of um, have how our music business is really run from an organic, holistic approach, like guerrilla marketing meets uh, art of war. So it's very fun and engaging, um, but it also keeps the artists there and moves them through, the, through the, on their pace, but it really puts the work back to them, but through professional guidance and feedback in real time. And um, that's called super fans. So we're pretty excited about that kind of stuff and wanted to share with you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about it, I guess, next week but um you know shoot from the hip if you need any anything from us or what you'd like to talk about favorite songs favorite music you know we have a vast array because we've worked with the inception of hip-hop as i said through um in the late 80s throughout the, the, the you know the gravy train of the 90s of the best time of hip-hop so we're very versed in that we've worked with a lot of those artists from tupac and from Eminem and from Tragedy and from Janet Jackson, you know, all the way through. So um, you name it, you name it. We've we've done this for thirty years, and we're um, we're seasoned vets, but we always keep our ear to the street. That's the way we've stayed viable. I'm, I'm an old guy now, but I um, I still love to mix it up with the kids and identify alphas and find out where the trends are going. And that's really where we're headed. Our partners on Superfans are the former chairman of WIA. Um, Jim Caparo, the former chairman of Island Def Jam, and also the, the CMO of Nike and Starbucks and NBC. Um, and then, of course, JC, and like I told you, the rest of the team here, we have one of the former heads of, um, of uh, uh, The Sims and, and Second Life, um, which uh, was the first real virtual worlds. And the Virtual Greats company, which was the first NFT company, was founded out of that. So I just brought him in, Ruben Steiger, to kind of run the company for us because uh, me and JC know how to mix it up. But what's going on right now with all you guys, and Metaverse and all that stuff, we really needed a seasoned guy to come in that um, can mix it up with the Zuckerbergs if he has to because he's had to for the last 25 years of all this kind of craziness. Virtual Greats was really the first NFT company. So this was, you know, 12 years ago. So it was taking virtual goods, and I ran the company for him. Uh, we would take the hoodlum hat, put it on a Zwicky doll or a Neopet or, you know, going into one of these games and the penguin would wear the hat. They pay us three bucks. I'd get a dollar. The game would get a dollar and the artist would get a dollar. So that was like the first kind of pulling the, pulling the rip of marketing. But it was um, it was really based on uh, on fun stuff at the kids and the engagement. And that's where I got the bug of going that way, which was about 2014, 2015. So we're pretty versed on what's, what's trending in the metaverse. And uh, we brought people in that really know how to do that to help us grow our company. And that's the four of us. JC's a publisher. Um, he has D Smoke, which is breaking right now. He's up for a Grammy this year. So we're very excited about that. And he has a bunch of other artists that he publishes. His deals with Warner Brothers. And, um, you know, I'm sure he... He'll add a lot to it, but that's a general idea of our four group members. Victoria was Cinderella, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, so she toured all over the country. Um, she was also 
uh, the discovery of a way with um, with Puff and um, and uh, a, a couple of producers through um, through the band kind of thing when that was going on, make another band. And she's an actress as well, and um, uh, she works with us very closely um, as associate producer on the films that we're working on. But also, she's um, she graduated Kelly School of Business and is brilliant, and she's beautiful and amazing, and she she kind of is the queen the queen of the crew. So we call her Queen Vic. Oh boy! And that's what you got, guys. That's what oh, you got. Shucks. So much nerd. That, that's the back. That's the back for the nerds. <laughs> I love it. Anybody right, else? So, uh, who wants to go next, Gary? Oh, yeah, I'm Gary. I uh, I write comics, uh, and I'm a, a writer and a co-producer on uh, Snowfall, which is going to finish, which is entering its sixth and final season. My favorite uh, show. Okay. I, think, I think Darren Grant. Darren Grant. I think directed some couple of episodes yeah. on it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and are, I, he's I, one of our friends. One of our good friends. He's one of our right. Yes. Friends. And I wanted wanted to mention that. Uh, 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 Devon Nixon, who's Norm's son, well, pl he played Norm, played his dad in in the in the Lakers miniseries, and he plays a a, a, re, a, a villain who's going to return, uh, Kane Hamilton, uh, in our oh. show in the sixth uh, in the sixth and final season. So there you nice, go. nice, yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of our favorite shows, man. One of my, I was going to just tell you, my, those shows are, I, I love that power, all the all those. I always grew up with Eve Rivera, who's a director as well, and uh, Jesse Torero. So, and Philip Atwell, who you know, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, who's Dre's, Dre's guy? I represent those right. guys. So, yeah. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful stuff with Snowfall, man. What a show! Yeah, yeah we, we've had we've had quite a run. I've been I've been on it. This is my fourth year, so I've been quite uh, well, quite lucky and, and very happy where we uh, you know where we wound up. Me and me and Jay oh, me and JC knew John Singleton pretty well. So yeah, right on. He used to hang out in the hip hop with all of us back in the day. So, one of the best. Hang out in the one of the best. May rest in peace. Exactly. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, over to Ben. Hey, there we go. Um, I'm Ben. I go by B Earl. Um, I have been in entertainment for, I guess, about 20 years. Uh, Davey and I met uh, actually through a networking community I started called Comic Book Sunday. Um, I built that, uh, gosh, 20, 2008, I started that up to connect my friends in film with my friends in comics and animation and gaming and everything really, uh, it's kind of a nerd herd, I guess you could call it. Uh, it grew and grew and grew, ended up at Titmouse Animation Studios. And, uh, you know, for me, that was fun. I was doing it every month. It was a labor of love. It was my altruistic give back uh to the world you know and uh but it was also really for me it was also really great because it it gave me a lot of resources and a lot of connectivity to so many different people um and because of that you know i was able to start working with titmouse animation studios uh john schnepp and i became very good friends rest in peace john uh we did a project uh, called uh called the grim fairy tales animated that we did on kickstarter um so i have a very kind of diverse portfolio of things. I, I through that community, I had access again to so many different folks. And I met with Will I Am uh, about a project and Will was like, yo, let's turn this into a graphic novel and let's do AR and VR. And he actually came up with the AR part because me and my son were over at the studio and my son was playing Pokemon Go. And Will was like, what's that? And, and um, Liam was like, my boy was like probably five at the time or four. And he's like, 
It's called Pokemon Go. You can catch Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And Will's like, you're catching them in my studio? He's like, yeah, this one right here. So, oh, wait. Really, so yeah, wait, so what fun. were you doing at comic book Sundays? You just like had a bunch of people who love comic books and then it started growing and getting bigger and then you started networking and then you met all these well, people. Is that pretty you much? Know, the, the idea behind it was because I saw uh, – what was happening in the industry was people in comics were not getting heard by the people in film. And I had so many friends in film that were young development execs and creative execs coming up that were at the time searching for intellectual properties, going to meltdown, trying to, you know, Oh, what's the next big thing? It was, you know, so I was like, look, you guys, instead of trying to figure it out, why don't we all just hang out and connect together and just have a beer, enjoy each other's company. If you work together, you work together. If you don't, you don't. But, uh, you know, at least we should create the conversation. So that was the idea behind it. It started with 15 friends. Um, and then the second one, there was like eight of us sitting around like a circle reading comics and drinking beer. And I was like, well, I guess this, <laughs> if this is what it is, cool, man, we got our little nerd book club. Um, but by the next one, it, it grew. And, uh, it was so much fun. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm rebooting it a bit, just kind of testing the waters because, you know, much like you have, and I've, I've always been tech adjacent. My background was always a film editor. Um, so I've always been in the mix. I mean, my dad's a computer scientist, so I was coding at 10 with him. Oh, so wow. I've always been, wow. you know, te you know, tech has always been a part of my world. Um, but I was like, no, I don't want to go that way. I want to go into storytelling and entertainment. So yeah. I've been heavily involved in blockchain projects since like 2018. We were at Comic-Con in 2018 with a backpack. Like I was there saying... We're going to take Boyka, like Undisputed, the Millennium Project. So we're taking that. We're going to do an ICO to raise the funding. We had an NFT character. It was going to be, you could play these characters across multiple formats, both like AR, and it was all going to be on the blockchain. We had a company in Bulgaria. We were so far ahead of our time with it. Uh, nobody understood what we were doing. And, uh, and it got on a pause. And of course, there was the bear market at the time, too. 2018 was another terrible time in crypto. So... It is what it is, but um, but that I always kept that on, and so out of the project I did with Will, the Masters of the Sun comic book series, um, it was a Black Eyed Peas project. So Taboo and I, uh, we met through that, and we became really close friends just because both have kids. We were like, okay, Masters is not for our kids, you know, <laughs> we need to do cool content for our kids. Yeah. And because of my relationships in the animation space, because of Tip Mouse and everything like that. My buddy Keith Fay was over at, it still is, he's still our development exec over at Cartoon Network. So he was like, guys, you got to come into Cartoon and pitch us a show. Uh, so Tab and I went in, we pitched a show, we sold the show in a development. We're pitching Sam Register on Thursday. So this was wow. two plus years of development, right? We survived regime change. We survived AT&T, <laughs> Discovery, like <laughs> it has been still like standing. this roller coaster. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, so I mean, just, you know, I think why Davian kind of wanted to bring me in was because Taboo and I have a company that it's, it's music driven storytelling. Uh, we call ourselves mythology through music. Um, okay. Everything we do has an indigenous and Mesoamerican sort of engine to it because Tab is Mexican and native. Okay. Um, so we're also we've been writing for for Marvel for the past three plus years. We've got uh, we've actually just signed these and I'm going to send these out. Werewolf by Night we did. Um, this is the Spirit. Oh, yeah. right. Um, so right. I, yeah, 
wrote that, and then uh, writing a new Spider-Man series right now called Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man. So, oh, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. And, and, you know, so we always have music yeah. involved. We always have, you know, native. So it's it's been really a blessing. I'm just very grateful for it. And then on the tech side, Evan, and this, I've become like a speaker with a lot of like Web3. I just was at yeah. NYC. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of, so I'm working with Sideshow Collectibles. Um, okay. Doing their digital strategy and NFT strategy. Um, and building out their whole kind of token system and how we're building. Yeah, we have a tokenized system as well with super, super coins. We should definitely talk. If this is, if you're an advocate of this, this yeah. is right in our wheelhouse. So, yeah, so I've been working with the 1155. Uh, it's not really an NFT. It's kind of a fungible-ish smart contract. Right. So we're working with right. that as part of our strategy. I also do have a 721 project called the Chiwaz. I've been running for a year uh, animated project and we have a community around that it's very adult humor um and uh, we're actually making a cartoon right now with our community that will come out in september so that's been fun so anyway i, I rambled a bit but lots of things that's, that's, that's perfect that's, 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 that's good it's really good yeah helpful thank you yeah absolutely absolutely all right uh jason you're up okay. i'm jason i guess i'm only jason uh, I mean, Evan, uh, Evan told, I mean, I don't know what else to add with Evan. You know, my background is street promotions in college. That's where I met Ev and um, worked at I think, five or six major labels um, and started my own publishing company. I uh, did deal with Universal Music Publishing and Warren Chapel Music Publishing. <clears throat> Helped with multiple writers and producers and, um, you know, and just been a comic nerd since I was about, you know, Evan's height. And, um, <laughs> he was about twelve years old. He's a little shorter than you. Jason's uh, really tall. Like, arms too short. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, you can hey, tell hey, sitting down. This I man's like six four. Yeah, JC six seven. So, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm in between those two numbers, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I'm a comic nerd for forever in the day, and um, and a model. so and a model. And, and a model. That was back then when we met. <laughs> I'm not the best at you know uh, talking about myself, but those are pretty much the bullet points. Had a little promotions on the Face Records was my last label uh, gig because sold for major labels and the publishing game. That's what's up. That's what's up. And last but not least, Chris. Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, so I'm Chris Longo. I am. Uh, I I run two companies. Uh, I uh, one of them is called Modern Fanatic, uh, which is a uh, specialized marketing agency that helps brands connect with fan groups. Uh, we have a very distinct mission uh, and we, we do some work that's basically like community-based marketing work, which is, which is uh, pretty cool stuff and very here and now. Uh, and then the other role that I have is associate publisher and chief sales officer of Heavy Metal Magazine and Heavy Metal Entertainment. Um, so I've been a lifelong comic fan, 25-year comic industry veteran, kind of sitting at the crossroads of comic books and marketing. Uh, my role at DC and Warner Brothers was basically to create comics for brands as marketing tools. So we created comic books for, you know, for TV networks and TV shows, movie studios, record labels, the whole nine yards. Uh, then I, I left DC after 13 years. I went the agency route as an employee for two. Wasn't for me, started my own company that evolved into Modern Fanatic. And during the pandemic, 
I got an offer to join the team of heavy metal as a consultant, which I did because like we all did during the beginning of the pandemic, suddenly found myself with a lot of downtime. So that turned into a full-time gig and a partnership with heavy metal, which has been super crazy, fun, rewarding. Um, I think, uh, you know, some things that I can bring to the table here, you know, I certainly have my own origin story with music uh, that's related to comics. You know, I got into what got me thinking about music critically as like a little kid. And I mean, like five, six years old was uh, when Kiss released their Marvel comic where they allegedly put their vials of their own blood into the ink. I, I, I remember reading about that in a music magazine that my uncle had in his bedroom. And I was like, I got to have this thing. Who are these people? <laughs> and uh, they never really cared about the music until I got a little older, but I was fascinated by them as characters. And that just sort of, I think that was one of the things that kind of led me down the primrose path to be a comic book lifer. I just, I was kind of blown away by that creativity and the melding of music and comics. So uh, in my career though, especially with heavy metal in the last couple of years, uh, the brand has a really interesting and unique connection to music in that we don't actually have one, but there's a perception that we do. And that percep perception is driven by two things. People know the logo, but they don't understand why they know the logo. I've had lots of dudes in like metal t-shirts come up to me and be like, hey, I used to read your magazine when I was a kid and, and it informed the kind of music I was listening to. I was like, are you sure? Because we, our magazine is, uh, is science fiction, fantasy and horror and not music. Uh, and then a, lo a lot of people have a connection to the brand from the movie, which had that, that was soundtrack that's still, you know, that's still a bestseller today in vinyl, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, they, they, they get confused, even though that soundtrack didn't have any metal on it. It had like Stevie Nicks and Blue Oyster Cult and things like that. Um, you know, there's a perception there that there's a connection to metal music, but we kind of lean into that. So our, our MO is like, if people view us that way, let's figure out how to use that to our advantage. So one of the things that we did as we're setting up heavy metal studios, a very strategic play we did because we take the music part of this seriously, we signed up Junkie XL to be Heavy Metal's first ever music czar. Oh, so wow. what that means is like literally junkies in conversations with us as we're developing projects. So what form that takes now is like, you know, we're going out to pitch a slate or a project to a studio and we put together a presentation based upon our character Tarna or Entropy or Cold Dead War. And oftentimes we bounce some of that stuff of junkie and we wind up getting some quick down and dirty incidental music to accompany the uh the presentation and the, the 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 eye there is that he stays in orbit with us and as our slate grows and we actually get to bright on creating all this media junkie then kind of fills the role of the 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 music uh supervisor and all these things either as you know the person who provides the score or the person who assembles the winning team to provide the score so there's a lot of stuff that's interesting in there that we can pick apart in the panel for sure uh, and then, you know, in my back further in my career, I had the privilege of uh, working on some really interesting custom comics. One of them, I could see if I could find a copy uh, in my office here. We did a custom comic with Prince, which was pretty trippy. Oh, wow. <laughs> where, where's that at? Where, where, where's that? It's easily 28 to 30 years old at this point. Or no, yeah. sorry, 25 to 26 years old at this point. And if you find one on eBay, they're usually going for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Perfect. And honestly, I think what's interesting now, especially like with with blockchain and NFTs, it used to be that 
doing these integrations with comics and with other media for musicians, they wound up feeling a little heavy handed or like they, you know, they didn't feel like the genuine article. And I feel like we've evolved now to the point where, you know, I mean, even Kiss alone, they've done way more compelling and interesting storytelling with IDW and with Boom. Uh, I think the I think the medium has evolved so that we're we're reviewing these things as not just one offs or some sort of a gimmick. We actually put real thought, care into how we develop these things and make them the genuine article. I like my with heavy metal and with custom books. My mo is always if you remove the bre- the band name or the brand name out of the book, it should still be a compelling read. So that kind of informs how we do business at heavy metal. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's plenty of meat on that bone and it's a slightly different path than probably the rest of you guys have to talk if about. If you remove the band and the brand, would it still be able to live on its own? Yeah, would it still right. be a compelling story? Cherry on top and it's, that makes yeah. it feel proof. Smart. Yeah, like if you took the Kiss comic and just put four other creatures in it that weren't the band Kiss, would it still be a compelling read, right? Right. I love that. That's that's so interesting. So, you know, again, another music. So I've always kind of, you know, been in that sort of music. And, and I was talking to Dimitri a couple of years ago. I got him on the NFT tip because I was like, look, NFTs with music have a lot of p- power when it comes to ownership and the blockchain and, and, and the open accounting and the ledger system. But yeah, I mean, if you don't have meaning to it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And that's been kind of my gong I bang when I'm yeah. at these conventions and talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, have I mean, everything. you have to have intention by, behind everything you do. Otherwise, exactly. I was going to say the and even adding the story to the actual content and what we're doing called the end date NFTs. Now, the digital side of it, I think it's really going to be the compelling part of it. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing the thing that I think is interesting now is that the bar has been set at a different place with expectations. So if you're creating an NFT, if you're making a t-shirt, you know, whatever you're doing now, it's a franchise. <laughs> you know, that's that's how that's how the the consumers will process it. Like right. this is the beginning of something. And if I latch on to it now, I'm gonna be one of the first in the room and I get those bragging rights and I get that sense of propriety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's not good enough to just do something for the sake of doing it. Like to your point, be like, if you launched an NFT and it didn't have the dynamism and the story and the really, you know, the sticky parts that keep people hooked, then you won't get to the web series and the TV show and the t-shirts and the so on and so forth. So there's, I think there's a lot you can play with in that conversation. I think authenticity is going to be a big topic for us. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, and I really love the idea, you know, your background in marketing, because it's a big part of like what I talk about here. I'll drop in our, our little website. You can kind of see it of our, this is our NFT. We did it on Solana, which has been an interesting uh, journey. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it you know, marketing is is going to change even in how we advertise to people in this idea of the metaverse. The metaverse doesn't exist yet at all, right? It's like, yeah. and one of the companies, so I'm, I don't know if you know Pixelinks, uh, Evan, have you heard I of Pixelinks? So Ender, I become friends with Ender. So I'm actually meeting with him again next week because I told him we're doing this panel because, you know, I've been keeping track of what Pixelinks has been doing, you know, and their whole thing is we're making the music first, right? It's like uh, Dead Mouse's company. And it'll be really interesting, you know, seeing like for artists, because my girlfriend is also a musician, performer, artist. And, you know, I see from an independent artist side, like, 
her trials and tribulations and the struggles of maintaining, you know, a fandom and a community and how to make money from that. And then on the other side, my other life partner, Taboo, <laughs> you know, it's like, he's in a different Like he's right now on tour. He just finished up in Nimes in, in France, you know, performing to like 70,000 people. But it's still, it's like figuring out these revenue streams of like, and maintenance and looking at Black Eyed Peas. I mean, they've been around for 20 plus years which is crazy. Like, how do you stay relevant as, you know, a creative? And I think they that's a big challenge, you know? And when they first popped, you know, they did not have Fergie. So they were just, they were, they were doing their were stuff. And it was, it was very, it was very interesting because I put them on their first record ever when they came as an independent artist. So it was called Net, the next chapter when I was running a company called Immortal Records. Okay. And, you know, we had House of Pain, Wu-Tang, we had, you know, Cypress and so forth. But they came to us, one of their, one of their managers back in the day, remember this? And they came, sure. they came in and they were like, yeah, we got this record. We put it on the record, the next chapter, was pretty cool. But, you know, those guys and the Roots were like the two types of bands that were bubbling at that time when me and JC were really fucking rocking and everything. And that was popping. And then boom, they bring Fergie and they just take off like this and the roots kind of stayed like this until they got Fallon. So, you know, the trajectory about their life and everything was very different, but you see Amir is so unbelievable now doing everything. But Will I am went into tech, you know, yeah. he, he pivoted, went into tech and he started oh. consulting as a creative director for- There's Soldier Boy too, right? And Soldier, I think Soldier Boy is big in tech. I yeah. was out all yeah. the internet, all about yeah. the internet. And he said, he says, he was saying that Soldier Boy was saying that I, that Drake took my style and all this stuff. And I was like, yo, he was the first. You know, he was the first. I should come out and be like, hey, yo, Beyonce bit everything I did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, Beyonce, stop biting my artistry. <laughs> I feel like uh, the innovation. Thank you all for the idea. You each get 10%. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think, you know, going back to like this idea of like, what is an NFT, you know, in a lot of ways, it becomes this immutable idea that exists in your wallet and your wallet yeah. becomes your collection. It's, I call it your digital ontology. It's this idea of as create as, as comic book nerds, we collect stuff. Like I have all my jokers and my Dr. Dooms and my this and my that. And that, you know, in a lot of ways are people that collect pops. Like my best friend collects all the pops and he's like, yo, that's my makeup. Like that's who I am. You walk in my house, you can see that I love the Goonies and Seinfeld and da da da. So it right. becomes this like, almost psychological makeup and, and, and with an NFT, as we're going into this digital space, it becomes like, in a lot of ways, you look at someone's wallet, we haven't gotten there. There's no block explorers yet or ways to really look. And there's companies I've been talking to that are developing these tools, right? Where you can actually see it. And another company I advise with, they're gonna be putting out like where you can create stages, stage your NFTs, fly through it. So it's digital, like 3D space. And then it'll be able to be put out your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever, which is kind of your web 2.5 version. So people will be able to see like what it is you're into. Like, here's my cool collection. So, that's how, that's, that's how, uh, Ben, that's how, that's what, super, that's what Superfans Pro Card is. So the Pro Card will aggregate all of your information in one place with your digital rendering of whatever it be, your shows, training, exercises, everything in the Pro Card. And that will become an NFT that you can share and collect and trade. Yep. And there'll be exclusive content in there that you can you can buy access to. But it'll all be free and it'll be allowed 12, 12 a year. 
because we believe, and JC and I can talk about that during the panel, you can know if you're going to bust a record within a week or two. Right. If the streets are talking, it's that, it's that quick. You watch the reaction at a club, we drop the record at the club, they're still dancing up at the club, that's, that's a great vibe. If it's all dead, then you're like, oh, we got to reboot. Uh-huh. So it really doesn't take that long. So we just did one a month. One artist can do it, their pro card a month. 12 a year and they can release them as pro cards and it's all blockchain technology. So um so we're right on the same wavelength, man, of what's right. what we're doing. Yeah. So pretty excited. That's fresh, man. No, I yeah. love it. I love it. It's like connecting creative and technology. I mean, that's my whole reboot with uh what we're doing with Comic Book Sunday. Is I want to connect those dots again, you know, but now instead of being the the development execs in Hollywood and the comic book people. I want it to be like the comic nerds and everything and the creative folk because Creatives, because there, there is a disconnect. Like, it, Oh man, I got to read the room right now, but there, a lot of the stuff that's been coming out lately, like really high up the new reboots of old comics. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to say this anywhere else. Obviously this is just between us, but there does feel like there is a little bit of a disconnect between where the actual comics are and what Marvel, not Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mark Disney is putting out, right? Like it's not exactly the same thing at all. There is like a disconnect there. Are you talking about the, like the film side or are you talking about like the actual, cause the, the film side, like the, the film, the TV shows, the shows that they're putting out on Disney plus. It's like, well, that's that's not actually part of the story at all. But okay, yeah, for sure, let's go with this. I don't know. Well, the shows are evolving. You're doing your super, your Spider Man. That's evolving. Yeah, I feel like they need more of the people that were involved in the creation of it to be more involved in in the story, like the storyboarding. Those the Marvels has been hidden every single time. I mean, they have not missed. And it does. It does seem like there's different levels of of different levels of creative freedom. Depending yes. on whether Wait you're in, because when I talk when I talk to my people, say in WB Animation, there's a different mm-hmm. level of creative control than when you're talking about live action film, or then right. when you're talking about the comics. It's like, right. and then pretty much none of them ever talk to each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much like the comic, the comic they are not allowed in like the film. They're like, like who are you? <laughs> so, right. It's like it's like the military. Everyone has like a separate division, and they're all working towards something, but you don't know exactly what it's going to be, and only like three people in the world actually know. Like, <laughs> but I think you know, honestly, to that point, it really does a disservice to the fandom. I think it really yeah. hurts the fandom because the fans want to have those Easter eggs. The fans want to feel like they're knowing something, and when they see something in the background of a more of a or whatever, if it's I was talking about Marvel, but like DC, right? Warner Brothers, they see in the background of of a Warner cartoon and then it connects into a comic book that they're reading. And they're like, oh, so you start, this is where you start like really creating this connective tissue. And then you have a whole underworld conspiracy theory of things that you saw everyone's watching real carefully. Right, you can can build C and Z stories. Like you can start really weaving. I really believe we need to have a cohesion amongst the community and the connectivity. Yeah. You know? can, we, Yo, can we talk about how we can do a series of uh, DC and Marvel? I don't know. Wait, you want to <laughs> like, combine universes? Yeah. yeah. We're going to do I, it be, one more again. For, uh, is it going to be like a little quick tournament or are we going to really try to... <laughs> uh, I'm talking about going at it, man. Nah. Yeah, I'm talking about going at it, man. Like, you know, like, you just see... 
I mean, because I'm the DC needs like, help. Um, I don't know. Maybe like Eternity meets High Father, and something goes on, and they they need the best heroes to get together. There you go. Because yeah, I don't know. Because Atrocitus did something, and there you go. Exactly. There's your story. There's yeah, your story. there it is. Okay. <laughs> All right, Gary B. I need you guys to get on that, man. That's it. Get on that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We were at uh, we were at lunch this week, and I was trying to remember when I was growing up because you guys have such deep knowledge in the comics. When I was growing up, do you remember? Do you remember the comic back in the day, The Mighty Heroes, with Strong Man and Diaper Man? Do you remember that? Did anybody, any of you guys? It was it was a cartoon. Well, that's that was from the that was, that was a that was from the uh, yeah Hanna Barbera cartoon. I believe yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. and and it, and it was it was so funny when I was a little kid. I used to I used to watch it all the time, but I never saw it again. They never knew yeah. if they developed those characters. But I remember a lot of the old comics when I used to, when I used to buy comic books, and I didn't go through the stages. So hearing the different the different worlds you guys are combining with Spider Man and bringing him in with this character so and that cool. character, so cool. And I still, you know, I'm a heart patient, and when I had my heart surgery, I have. I have like a plate in here with wires. So my mom said, take a picture when they opened up my chest, take a picture, take a picture. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, take a picture, take a picture. She's like, why? And he goes, I've been calling him Iron Man since he's six years old. There you go. <laughs> so, I, so even my mother knew my connection to Iron Man. There you go. And it was, and it was like such a great, such a great character. So I still okay, wear, yeah. I still wear all my, my Iron Man stuff. Now JC might be the rock, but I'm Iron Man. Too bad. Uh, Black Adam. Black, he's Black Adam. He's Black Adam. I, I do want to say, you know, uh, DC did buy up the old, um, it was the old Saturday morning uh, Hanna-Barbera stuff. It was Space Ghost, oh, yeah. Herculoids. Yeah. Uh, God damn, I'm forgetting some of it, but I always wanted to write a Herculoid story. One of these days before I die, I'm going to write one. My uncle created Georgia the Jungle. Yeah, George. I have the. I have. I think I have the cells still at the house. Wow. My uncle. That's great. Yeah, his name was Cullen, and Cullen created these characters. He worked for Hanna Barbera, so we used to get. He used to send us all this stuff, like all, right. all this cool collectible stuff. And I also have a buddy that created Mighty Mates. Do you remember that? What that is? What yeah. So, so Adam's wow. a good friend of mine. Adam Unger. You probably know him, guy, because he's been in your world for decades. But we used to do a bunch of collabs with music and the Mighty Mates and stuff like that, which I thought were a lot of fun. And I had all of these toys when I was having kids. They'd be getting all these toys and stuff. And my dad was the first guy to do the Kenner, Kenner toys with the big company when yeah. some of us were growing up. And that was my dad. So I, 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 I love the toys and love the comics. But as I got out of it, my, my favorite movie, Iron Man, you know, Favreau's Iron Man. So it was weird that out of all my superhero stuff, I started off with Iron Man and I went back to Iron Man. And I still think today it's still considered one of the best superhero movies ever of all time. Oh, yeah. So oh, that yeah. was pretty yeah. awesome. Iron Man is definitely solid. Definitely solid. I love Black Panther too. But I think, but uh, for me, some of the new, some of the movies kind of get me and then some don't. Yeah, on but, Marvel? But I, no. but I like the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman I thought was incredible. And of course, I like, I like the, I like Black Panther and Iron Man. Those are my three. I think the thing I was talking about earlier, because I don't think Marvel's really missed. I feel every time I watch another one, I'm like, oh, this is the best one. And then I see the next one, I'm like, oh, this is the best 
It's some misses. It's, it's definitely Marvel got a few misses. Not as many as DC, but they got a few misses. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My, my question is, is: Is Killmonger coming back? On Black Panther. Well, I mean, if 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 you know if Kevin Feige listens to me, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, what I mean, he, you know, I, I I hit him up on his pager. Um, his page wasn't really listening. The, 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 re- the um, regular page or the two way page? Oh, uh, it was a two way, but I put 911 at the end of the message. And still, you know, like, <laughs> nothing, huh? Oh, the, wait, the, the, Captain Marvel. I was talking about not the Marvel shows that are coming out, those are fire too. I'm talking about more when they're coming out with the Star Wars stuff. I was like, yeah. wait, that's different from the character, but this is, yeah, right. you know, they changed oh, the dynamics Star Wars. of the character. Oh, Star Wars is yeah. killed it with yeah. Star Wars. It killed it with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, they got, their graphics are crazy. Yeah. Well, they, Star Wars see, they are killed got, um, they, got, they got some stuff, they got some stuff on the way. I know Star, Star Wars, they, they've had slight slumps. Slight what? No, yeah, hold, not, not, you're not talking about Mandalorian, Boba the, Fett, and uh, no, I'm, oh, ta- yeah, I'm talking yeah. about in the in the film in the film department. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They've had slumps. slumps. But they've been picking back up on the TV side. You know, they yeah, TV Clone Wars. Final season Clone Wars. I like I like Mandalorian. I wasn't there. Yeah, Mandalorian came through. Boba Fett was a little too tame or something. I don't. I Yeah, but Obi Wan was amazing. Obi Obi was amazing though. What about Obi? I mean, Obi was incredible. Obi's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. came through. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they, they're they figuring it out. They're, they're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they I may mean, have... How do you get them to Marvel where they, like, just absolutely don't miss? I mean, what was the <laughs> one with, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Witch. Oh, my God. Oh, you're talking oh, about... Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Wanda 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 is real slow. Yeah. It was, was slow, but it was, slow. I, it was, it was clever. Slow. I liked it because it yeah. harkened back to all those shows. I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. Was, was hey, everybody, I'm sorry. I got to jump for another call. It's like yeah. you know, crazy week with sure. Tom, Tom coming up. Chris, thank you. Well, actually, right. I was no, going to say. Pleasure. This was so much fun. I wish we could just keep doing this all afternoon. I, <laughs> I was actually going to say we've had a great conversation. This right. is pretty much yeah. all I need. We just kick some topics. So we can all bounce if you want. Like, it, okay. we've been on. Yeah, I got to split it too, though. I just got to what do you think? What do you guys think of Anthony Mackie's new Captain America? I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be awesome, I need, right? I need more. Right. It's gonna be a nice, yeah, a nice black animal. But you know I, that you know that Evans will be back as Cap because Cap has you know put the shield down several times in the comics. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah nothing's so, impossible. You got old Red Skull took him over. You know, all these things happen, but you know, Everybody, it's a soap opera. Remember, it's a soap opera. That's right. Nobody right. ever dies. It always yeah. goes back. <laughs> That's exactly. the, the guy that you got playing Idris on Snowfall is one of the best actors on TV, by the way. Michael, do you need yes. anything else from us? Yeah. Uh, you want to yeah, He's the guy that, that saved the show long ago and far away when they did the first pilot. Oh, man. Apparently, nobody liked it, right? But they liked him <laughs> as, as Franklin. And they said, okay, Unbelievable. Just, Unbelievable. just on that alone, okay, we'll take a we'll take a chance, but you guys got to do something about this this bullshit you've done film so far. And and when they redid the pilot, uh, you know, because you know John was still around, then yeah. that's, when they, that's when they sold the show. I mean, he's British, right? Isn't he British too? Idris? Yeah, he's British. Which is fantastic how they got the but, culture down like but, that. What, well, Dub C and some other cats who you know are in our show. Uh, what's the name of the place? Peaches. 
So they work with him to get him get him a do a you know black South Central accent because yes, yeah. otherwise he would uh, definitely be a disconnect if you heard his actual voice. <laughs> oh yeah, but he he really crushes it. One of my favorites. 